Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is Saturdays with Sam and Bucky, the unofficial after show of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, brought to you by your friends at Active Geek Podcast. I'm Jim, joined as always by Chuck. And Chuck, we're going to just, let's just put it right out there. Spoiler territory, we're entering it. If you've been with us for Wanda Watch, if you've been with us for the first three episodes, you know we break down the episode from the gate. So spoiler territory right now. If you haven't watched episode four of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, tune out. Because the entire world is watching is the title of not only a great episode, but also is perfect for the show that we are discussing. Because literally the entire world is watching the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, most popular show on to on the streaming network slash television, which means a lot. We knew that Marvel was going to put out a, a banger, and they certainly are. This is another one that was written by Derek Colstead, the creator of John Wick. This is the second, I believe, of two episodes that he wrote, and both of which have his stamp on it. Yeah, it totally does. So, what's great about this episode, and I want to hear your thoughts, is that besides being great on all facets. In 50 minutes of this episode, we were able to expand the stories of five major characters Mm -hmm. with Bucky going to seeing the the Bucky Wakanda story and, you know, the deprogramming, the relationship he has with Io from the Dora Milaje. We got to look more into Sam and where he stands as far as giving up the shield, but also as a man. He is more sympathetic to Carly's cause than he is John Walker's cause. Mm -hmm. Then we look at Zemo, who's exploring more of his time, flashbacks of his of his dad, or not flashbacks of his dad, but mentions of his, his childhood, more Civil War tie-ins, more Age of Ultron tie-ins. And we also get a look at Carly, who continuously frustrates me. This is a character <laughs> who, again, like, I thought she was going to go good, she went bad, and this episode, she looked like she was going to go good again, but then... A twist of events turned her bad again. And then you get John Walker, who, no surprise there, man. We we kind of called it. We knew he was going to take the serum. Mm-hmm. We didn't know. I, at least I didn't know it was going to be at this point in the show and what led to his snap. You know, we talked about him killing Battlestar. Yeah. Battlestar's dead, RIP. Um, we hardly knew you. But I didn't, like... I didn't see that coming. That shocked me. Did that scene shock you when Carly kills Battlestar? Yeah, because, you know, we have seen her kill before. But with this group of people, like with Sam and stuff, like she's, especially with that scene, like she kind of said, like, I I don't want to be that bad person. I don't want to be this. I don't want to, you know, be what you think I am. And, you know, with that scene, like it, it's what people think she is now. Not so much us, but, like, especially with John Walker, like. Yeah, well, John is a little unstable at this moment. Um, Going into this episode, he was super unstable Mm -hmm. because he was getting beat up by literally everybody in the show. Yeah. Like, just getting his ass kicked by everybody. And, like, the line he says, like, they weren't even super soldiers. Yeah. Well, the Dora Milaje aren't super soldiers in a sense that they have the super serum, but they are super in a sense of they are highly skilled mm-hmm. hand-to-hand combatants they are weapons experts they are lethal so getting your ass beat by them doesn't really mean like you got beat up by a four-year-old you know what i mean yeah. you're not going to chuck e cheese and get beat up by a bunch of eight-year-olds 
he got beat up like by legitimate beast. So it like this episode was just the the unraveling of John Walker and even asking Hoskins if he would have taken the serum. He's like, oh hell, hell's yeah, I would. With Carly though, I don't know if the world sees her as a a terrorist from her actions with Battlestar. That kind of looked like she didn't expect to hit him as hard as she did. You know, she punched him, he flew, hit the pillar, and then the fight just stopped. Because even everyone was like, oh shit. Yeah, like the Flag Smashers, if they were evil, yeah. they would have capitalized on that moment and killed Captain America. Mm-hmm. Who, we didn't see him take the serum, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But they left it kind of ambivalent that he did. They stopped fighting. Mm-hmm. They, Carly, they just camera, beautiful camera work, shot right to Carly and her face was just as stunned as Sam and Bucky and John. So it, you know, they're they're painting her as a villain with a sympathetic cause as Marvel does. But then like in some of the dialogue that she has and first of all, Aaron Kellyman absolutely crushing this mm-hmm. this role 100%. But the the way that they they put her dialogue, that scene with Sam was huge where he's talking about you know, you're a supremacist. And then she's like, no, they're just obstacles on my way. And I would do it again. Sam wasn't tricking her into saying anything. Like she was manifesting what her plan is. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately there are liabilities and you can look at it as war. You can look at it as revolution, but in both cases, there are going to be liabilities and either way, you're not going to be painted as a hero 100% or villain 100%. So it's just, it's one of those things the one thing I will say is I really like the direction that they're taking Sam. Yeah. It looks like they're painting him to, that he doesn't want to be a hero anymore, right? That he kind of wants to align himself with the Flag Smashers, but peacefully. But on the other hand, he is showing why he is the perfect choice for Captain America. Mm-hmm. Because of just his diplomacy and the fact that he's not punch not kick, not pull out a gun, no shield. He's no weapons first. And he'll go into a firefight with a hostile enemy by himself. So he's definitely a proven leader, and they're they're taking him to the direction where he's going to get his mantle. But what did you think of this episode? Uh, this is probably my favorite episode to date um, because it showed so much depth and layers of different characters. Like One of the favorite scenes I liked is uh, the graveyard scene with... Carly and um, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but they they were talking and he, what I loved what he said. He goes, "I didn't think Captain America, you know, could be real until I met you, or another Captain America until I met you." And you know that kind of showed me like she does have these ideas that she just wants to make things better. You know, she might be going ar- around it the wrong way in some aspects. But, like, I thought that scene was great and pivotal to the whole episode and to the story arc itself. Um, The action was amazing. Uh, The fight scene, not only after the funeral, but the fight scene where, you know, we saw um, Battlestar die. Like, it was just, it's, everything they do is top-notch Marvel. And, you know, they just showed it, like, this is Marvel-quality Marvel movie. You know, it's just a six-hour movie, and um, the, the action was amazing. And Zemo, Zemo is stealing the show every scene he's in. 
Yeah, Daniel Brule's fantastic. I hope uh, I was telling Chelsea. I hope that this is not the end of Zemo yeah. because there's listen. There's a lot of people that want to kill this man. <laughs> the entire the entire city of Madripoor, the Dora Milaje, Bucky, like all these people, Carly, they all want to kill him. John Walker, they all want to kill him. I hope that they don't waste him. I saw a meme and it says, "We live in a world now where we hate Captain America but love Baron Zemo." Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, and it's by design, man. The writing on both characters mm-hmm. are are complete polar opposites. Like, I do not like John Walker one no. bit. Um, I understand why he's frustrated, why he feels the way he feels, and we've highlighted that he was the fourth, maybe fifth choice for Captain America, yeah. and will always be the 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 runner up to the runner up. Yeah, and you know, but Zemo, man, whether he's dancing in a CD club in Madripoor. <laughs> Or being a creepy villain bribing kids with free candy. Oh. <laughs> I-, I love every scene he's in. Dude, that scene, I was like, that is so creepy. Like, because one, they're in the hostel or wherever they're at, and he's like, ooh, Turkish delight. And just like. Definitely not a hostel. Have you ever stayed in a hostel or seen a hostel? No, I don't know. You're, you're sharing rooms with multiple people. Okay. That was like. A safe house, like a penthouse. He all chopped it. He went through the floor. It's not no hostel. Um, but like when he went to Sam, it was like Turkish delight, and just the way he said it, it was just like creepy. And then he, you know, brings the whole bag, and I love what he did. Like he dumped the bag out, and these kids are, you know, poor, starving, and you know, he's like, here, here's treats, and he goes, don't trust these men. See these men with me? They're bad. Yeah, I love that his contacts an eleven year old. Yeah, he was like my associate. <laughs> yeah, and then like, come on, man! And all he he was missing a van, a windowless van that said free candy on it yeah. in this episode. And then he gives her five hundred. Yeah, and then he's like, "Here, this is for your family." And it's like, okay, like, you know, he's a bad guy, but he, I don't know, like I I love him, and like you said, Daniel Brule is knocking it out of the park, and I love when the fight. With the Dora Milaje and, you know, everyone else. And he's just kind of standing there, like, drinking his, sipping Eating it. candies. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Eating, ch- dr- uh, drinking cherry blossom tea. And he's, you know, and he just looks and he's like, okay, I'm just going to slip out. Um, yep. And, you know, like I said. He, he He's a master of deception. And not a master of deception, I'm sorry. A master of escape. Yeah. He escaped twice in this episode from Dora Milaje and Captain America and shot Carly. Yeah, that's... You know what I mean? At, at, at the end of this episode, or at part of this episode, he's a hero at some point mm-hmm. because he stopped more super soldiers being uh, born. Yeah, when he... When, like... And, and one, you have... You know, this is priceless. The serum is priceless. Like, people want it. The, you know, everyone wants to get this or destroy it. The doctor's dead. Yeah. And like they can't make it anymore. And you're holding it in a fanny pack. Loved it. Like, Love it. That's how I would hold like, it. Like, put it in a briefcase or something. Like, you have it in a fanny pack. And it's- No, but dude, that's the thing, though. You're a, The fact that you've recently watched every single James Bond movie and you don't understand this, you don't put it in a briefcase if you're a criminal because everyone's going to go for the person with the briefcase. Yeah, true. You put it in a fanny pack. Erin Kellyman looks like a 15-year-old girl. She does. No one's going to expect that that's the leader of a terrorist group. 
So she throws in a fanny pack. She throws her sunglasses on, puts her hood up. She blends in with the crowd. Nobody's going after the chick with the fanny pack. You go out there, just you, Chuck Miller, how you're dressed with a briefcase, people are going to think you're important, whether or not you are. But can't you get like a more secure fanny pack than that? Like, come on. You never know. That could have been a Kevlar fanny pack. It was just unzipped. And then, like, when it was on the ground, I was like, oh, they're destroyed. And then I was, and then he took the shield to the face. Like, he should have been dead. Oh, it, and all he did was put, like, an ice pack on it. Like, you should yeah. have been, like, no bruising, no blood. Like, you took a shield to the face. His head should have been caved in. Yeah. You know, you saw how he. John threw it as fast as he threw it as emo as he did at that wall. Yeah. And it dented the, like, it cracked the wall. It, it was like, it was crazy. Uh, a lot of people I saw online thought that Zemo was going to take the serum and become like Super Zemo. And I'm like, you're not paying attention. He's, he doesn't want super soldiers. He's against it. Like, that's. Yeah. Why would he take that's it? That's his whole but, mission. Yeah. This was, uh, this was a great episode from action to dialogue. The fact that, you know, AO and Bucky or IO and Bucky, we see that Bucky can speak Wakandan. That's huge. Mm-hmm. The like I said, the deep programming was great. The dialogue between Carly and Sarah, I thought was very good, yeah. very telling that she, how connected that she mm-hmm. is. Sam, Bucky and Zemo's dynamic is like the worst road trip that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Like when they're like talking about like they, there's there's a chance to kind of dispute things that Zemo's done and Sam's like, "No." You straight shot a man. Yeah. And then Bucky, like, just, like, forget, like, everyone's forgetting that he's a super soldier, and he's telling people to just lay down or stay there. Like, the the small bits of comedy that are peppered into this mm-hmm. serious show is fantastic. So besides the, the graveyard scene, and I'm sure the Dora Milaje scene, was there another scene that, like, stuck out as your favorite, or was it just those two? I mean, obviously those two are the best, but um, the scene with Sarah... And like you said, because it really showed, like, she knew, like, you go out to the dock, like, and knew the boys' names and everything like this. Like, to me, like you just said, like, that showed what power she has and what connection she has. Yeah. And in a quick amount of time, like, I feel like I could find that out. Like, if you go on a public registry, you type in someone's name, their address comes up, you just Google Earth it, and then you... You know, you can find out if they have a doc or not. But she's a terrorist in, like, in the Riga, in the Baltic Sea that, like, first of all, the school was 100% sympathetic to the Flag Smashers. There were hands everywhere. Yeah. They had no computers. The kids are only eating candy. So, like, there's definitely a lot there. Um, But it does show how, uh, how, you know, coordinated she is and how um, she can be connected to things kind of like someone else who seems to be super connected uh, and has access to a couple satellites with Sharon Carter. Dude, I'm, I'm I really think she's a power, she's a power broker. She's a power broker. And I, I mean, first of all, let's go to the two scenes that she was in. She's walking through what seems to be the check, like the checking gate at La Palooza, <laughs> just with guys with a bunch of AKs, right? Yeah. And nobody is even batting an eye that she's walking by. So mm-hmm. obviously that's a show of power. Secondly, she's in like the best penthouse of wherever she's at with armed guards. And thirdly, she has access to satellites. 
she's a wanted fugitive who has access to satellites. Yeah. There, if she's not the power broker, she's working for the power broker. And if the power broker is Thaddeus Ross, like we were talking about before, shit's about to hit the fan. Yeah. Because the power broker has invaded the U.S. government. Yeah, I'm. I'm leaning. It's her. I'm. You know, yeah. it's. It's a, it would be a great misdirect if it wasn't. Yeah. I'll tell you that 100%. And if it's not Thaddeus Ross, like, to me, it, if you're going to introduce a brand new character, I think that's going to, like, I don't know, just kind of throw it off because we only have two episodes left. So, yeah. Um, and then also with Thaddeus Ross, like, I don't think a lot of people remember. I mean, when's the last time we saw him? Uh, Civil War? No endgame. Oh yeah, he was in Endgame. Like he was at the funeral. Yeah, um, but oh, what if it's Don Cheadle? Me- and he comes back. He was at Sam's press conference. We haven't seen him since. Yeah, and he's Mephisto. Oh, he. I mean, he has the M in his forehead, bro. <laughs> I. I don't know. There's. There's a lot, man. Uh, Marvel came out with a, a Madripoor website. Really? Um, overnight, right? So yesterday they did it, and the first go had references to Mystique to Draken, to Shang-Chi. Like, they had a bunch of MCU slash Marvel references. Now, this morning, as we were recording this on Saturday, they were all scrubbed gone. So... That's weird. Could could they bring an X-Men into this as, like, the the power broker in Madripoor? I don't think so, because, like you said, two episodes is a pretty pretty small uh, size Mm -hmm. to introduce a character of that magnitude. But I don't know, man. Maybe this isn't just a six-episode series, and the power brokers revealed at the end, and it just ushers in the new Captain America and White Wolf, or if Bucky dies or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there's, a, like you said, hopefully, you know, we get where, you know, if it's not the end, it kind of left them a cliffhanger and says, you know, return season two, because we ha- yeah. we haven't heard anything, um, but it just. It, Unless the episodes are like freaking three hours long, the next two, uh, I doubt it. I know, so do I. But it just—it's a lot of what ifs and what's going to happen in the next what hour and a half of content that we're going to get. Yeah, I mean, welcome back to the world of Marvel, right? Yeah. I, I will say that um, some of my favorite scenes were the Dora Milaje fight. I thought that that yeah. was fantastic when. Uh, Io takes off Bucky's arm, and he wasn't aware that she could do that. Dude, that was awesome. And just like, yeah, the helplessness in his eyes. Like Sebastian Stan's such an underrated actor. Mm-hmm. He loses an arm that he really doesn't have attached to him, and the helplessness in his eyes because he knows that he's fighting, and he knows that he's now down his like most powerful possession was was very good. I thought that was great. The funeral scene was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Carly used that as kind of a public domain where she could kind of spread the word of the Flag Smashers and a little bit more about her life. I thought that that was great. Um, and then I think the biggest thing for me is the title of this episode coming into play at the very yeah. end of the, the show, yeah. uh, where the absolute world is watching him. Now Captain America is probably going to be viewed as a terrorist. He's also probably violated a 100 parts of the Sokovian Accords. <laughs> Um, so there's a there's a lot there, and I also just on top of all this, I like the causes. I I think that this uh, 
global repatriatism committee they they haven't explored that enough mm-hmm. but i like where they're kind of painting them as the villain yeah. saying that the government doesn't care about you and even sarah had said that you know the the government america doesn't care about my story so i don't care about their mascot so i like that it's turning into an every person for themselves and i do like carly's mission you know i'm kind of with sam sam i'm kind of sympathetic to it mm-hmm. because you have people who come back from the blip who want to resume their life while other people have been living in their house because they've been gone for five years so there's there's a lot there that they really haven't explored i kind of wish that this was a 12 episode run yeah so we could get more of like what happened to carly and her crew what happened when people came back what happened to sam when he came back i thought that that would have been great besides just you know he fought thanos and won you know what i mean i'd like to see what happened between those six months but we'll never see it but what we did get as we move into the easter eggs is that sam and bucky are not avengers yeah they were you know when zemo was talking about nazis and avengers and ultron and Sam was like, yo, those are our friends. And Bucky's like, the Avengers, not the Nazis. I thought that that was a great line. And it kind of shows that, like, we kind of thought Sam was an Avenger. At least Sam was. Yeah. And he's not. He's not an Avenger. He's just a superhero who isn't a superhero at this point. And Bucky is a pardon fugitive. So there's a lot there. The one thing I will say is we have not focused on any of Bucky's list past episode one. Yeah. So, you know, what's going to happen to Yuri? What's going to happen to that that girl at the restaurant? There's a lot of things there that we haven't touched on for two episodes left, and they're still fighting Carly. So kind of leads me to believe there might be a season two. All right, let's go to the Easter eggs. I don't have a ton because this one did not have a ton. Um, so Hoskins, who said he would take the serum 100%, is just like a nod to the comics where both Walker and Hoskins took the serum from the power broker he was the one who granted them their powers but when he says that the serum makes them more of their true self it's very similar to what erskine said to steve when he was getting his super uh right before his procedure steve became a hero he was always a hero before he was captain america just undersized he became a hero carly became a revolutionary she said that she's been trying to help people since she was a child right her friend said you're the closest thing to Captain America to me. So she, that means she was always kind of this revolutionary. Walker is a killer. Yeah. He turned into a killer, which was foreshadowed throughout this entire episode when him and Lamar were talking about the three medals of honor and that he may have committed some heinous acts while he was in Afghanistan. So there were a lot of foreshadowing in there. Uh, Walker killing the flag smasher is a callback to Captain America 381, where Steve was forced to kill a member of Ultimatum. And we've talked about this, I believe, in the first episode, where the Flag Smashers are kind of like Ultimatum, just being run by the Flag Smasher. Um, The final scene, in my mind, this wasn't an Easter egg, but this kind of gave me vibes to Captain America, the first Avenger, where he's, where uh, super jacked up John Walker is chasing carly's friend after carly killed lamar and he ends up brutally killing him yeah smashing his body in uh we don't even see the body we just see that he's dead with the shield and the shield's covered in blood that scene in the beginning reminded me of captain america first avenger where 
they blow up the, the what they kill Erskine. Yeah. And Cap's running. He like breaks through the doors. He's running after the car. Mm-hmm. It was very and he, like he jumps onto a car and whatnot. It was very reminiscent of of that scene, like when Walker jumped right out of the building and smashed the the VW bug that was sitting there. So I got those vibes. Um, the final scene of the show, where Walker is holding the shield covered in blood, the world is recording him, and he's realizing it. He's bleeding out of the head. That is very reminiscent of the cover of Civil War number one, where Steve Rogers is focused on the cover with a bloody shield and then finally zemo kept teasing his childhood talking about how he was raised about how he used to do these wonderful lavish parties in riga and that could open up flashbacks to his family where his father was also a character in marvel that you don't want to mess with so it'd be really cool to see that we've already made mention to his father when he was saying that um he was holding his wife and his daughter in his hands or his son in his hands after they all died. So that was great. There's uh, That's really all the Easter eggs that I caught in this episode. But um, before we wrap up, what did you make of the end of the episode with John Walker snapping? I mean, like you said, it, they kind of foreshadowed it the whole episode. And then especially, you know, I wish we did see him take the serum. Kind of like, take it, like, did he take it? And then all of a sudden, like, you know, start to change? Or is it just kind of like, yeah. And then... You know, we saw his strength the first time when he threw the shield. And then when he uh, broke the steel and the guy was like, oh, shit. Um, yeah. But so we kind of seen the evolution. But, you know, when he when, when he was chasing the guy, I was like, oh, he's going to kill him. And I love that the whole world was watching because now, like, you know, he murdered this man. And to what the innocent eye this guy was just an innocent person and, you know, no weapons, unarmed, and he killed him in cold blood. And screaming, it wasn't me. Yeah. Like, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. And all he kept, John kept saying is, where is she? Just smashing him with the, with the shield. I thought, like, had this been, like, a rated R series, I thought he was going to, like, split him in half with the shield. I thought he was going to decapitate him. Yeah, that too. I mean, he might have. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know. We just seen a bloody hand, like his hand go limp, and it was covered in blood. And then we seen um, him with the sh- the bloody shield. And I was like, oh. Yeah. That, like one, even though I hate John Walker, I thought that scene and like how the angle of they were like shooting from below and kind of facing up, it was amazing. Yeah, the shot of that was awesome. And as much as we hate John Walker, I think Wyatt Russell is absolutely crushing this oh role. yeah he is he's making you hate him yeah. and uh he's doing a good job at it so it's gonna be a shame when he leaves maybe he becomes like super patriot and uh becomes a villain or maybe he goes back to being usa u.s agent and trying to do his own thing post-government but i'm really curious to see what's gonna happen we got two episodes left i'm sure this is a five out of five for both of us yeah. you said this is your favorite episode so how is it that we can we lower our scores for our favorite episode. So five out of five for us, but that's it. We'll be back on Wednesday with a full episode of the Active Geek Podcast. We've got some good stuff that we're going to talk about. Actually, we're going to talk about HBO Max mm-hmm. uh, movies coming out this year. We're going to do a top ten. Um, what else? You follow us on social media, the Active Geek Podcast. We'll be back next su- next Saturday with episode five breakdown of Saturdays with Sam and Bucky. We'll be back next week for the Active Geek Podcast. I am Jim. I am Chuck. 
and we are out.